0: Let's get into it. We are still in our series entitled, Let's Grow. And um, I hope you stick around after the worship experience. We have some food outside. Dad, your meal is on us. So make sure you you get a meal on the church. And uh, it's going to be a great time after the experience. But for now, we're going to go ahead and study God's Word. And uh, like I said, we're going to continue in our series, Let's Grow. Now, I want to read a few things for you. I've I've preached this message before, but I've changed a few things around, and uh, we'll see how it does. So, yeah, uh, Cigna Health Insurance took a nationwide survey of 20,000 adults uh, in 2018, and they found that 54% of respondents said they feel like no one actually knows them well. Additionally, 56% of those people said that, the people they surround themselves with are not necessarily with them. So they're there physically, but they're not not there emotionally. They're not there uh, relationally. Approximately 40% said that they lack companionship and their relationships aren't meaningful and that they feel isolated from others. So it's like being in a room alone but not feeling that connection. It um, says this here, half of Americans view themselves as lonely. Uh, I love. Well, I don't love this, but this is something that was found. This is actually something I, I dislike. Additionally, the survey found that younger Americans are hit the hardest uh, with loneliness. The generation between, that was born between the mid-1990s and the early 2000s, Generation Z, is coming to age now. And that generation feels the loneliest which is very interesting considering social media and and how much we're quote-unquote connected. Um, A culture that values quantity over quality has produced a a cesspool of superficial connections. We've, We've become pro at connecting but very superficially, not necessarily for any meaningful benefit. Um, And and this was pretty startling as I was doing my study. It says that loneliness has been associated with cardiovascular problems. Uh, Loneliness has been associated with a lack of quality sleep, reduction in reasoning, reduction in creativity, uh, workplace productivity. So when when you suffer from loneliness, it it translates into your, your, your workplace productivity and your energy and your focus. Less job satisfaction. I just I wonder what would happen if we as supervisor and employees would, would go to work, to yes, do the job, but more so to connect with each other. Um, increased unemployment. There's something there that plays into increased unemployment. Uh, as you would know, a link to anxiety, depression, and suicidal thoughts. This one was very startling. Loneliness has been associated with premature death. Um, It's equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And we know that if if you, stats show, research shows that if if you smoke for years on end, it's been known to take at least 7 to 10 years off of your lifespan. And so simply put, if we're going to continue to grow in our faith, and this is where we can begin to take notes, healthy relationships or godly relationships are essential for growth in our relationship with Jesus. Healthy relationships are essential for growth in our relationship with Christ. And so today I want to bring a message to you entitled, Rooted in Godly Relationships. Rooted in Godly Relationships. And what I want to do is I want to, I want to go ahead and give you four thoughts today. I want to have you out early because I'm hungry. <laughs> now y'all know I don't have you out early now. Uh. All right, I figure, I figure that uh, one of the best gifts I can give my, my kids as a father is to be rooted in godly relationships, to have mentors and peers and, and people that care about me. Um, as I grow, as, a, as those relationships grow, I grow, so on and so forth. So first thought is this. Uh, let's begin to find, number one, find common ground. Find common ground. One of the things I really enjoyed most about moving up here with, with our moving team is, is that during that year or so, that year of preparation, we called it, we really got to know each other. And um, it just became very apparent that, man, God, you're, you're putting us together to, to go to Maryland, but like, man, we have some serious issues, like parent, per, parent problems and, and health and, and, and struggles at work and uh, feeling lonely, like we all have common issues, and the Bible even teaches that. I have two verses here. First Corinthians ten thirteen a says this: The temptations in your life are no different. I love this here, from what others experience. They're they're no different. So so please, let me just help us all. Never look at anyone on a stage. Never look at anyone's marriage. Never look at anyone's life and say, man, they just have it so much better than I do. Chances are they're paying a high price to be where they are. And chances are that their struggles are are more weightier than yours are. So so, so I think what God wants to do in the workplace, in the church, in school, wherever we go, go to the store, is he wants us to begin to be uh, sensitive to the fact that we all go through the same things and we need each other. And so another verse here, 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9 says this, ooh, Lord, whether you're a believer or not, just watch this, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil, the devil. Whether you believe in Jesus or not, there is one enemy of your soul, and his name is Satan. And, and he, he, Peter tells us this, Peter being Jesus' top dog, so I, I'm listening to Peter when he speaks, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So, so check the language here. He's not roaring. You know, Satan's not out there, rawr, right? The key, the key word here is he prowls. So what Satan does is he looks for lonely people. He, he looks for people that just come for an exchange. All right, pastor, I'm going to come sit and listen and leave. He looks for you. And so what he, he, he's, he's, he's in the owls right now like he, and he's he's like this yeah. and and he's looking to devour right. oh no you no that that business deal won't it won't happen right. oh yeah your your husband's going to leave you yeah you're you're always going to be single you, you you're not good for anything you you're not he, he's prowling He's proud. because before a lion roars, he, he first, wow. and Satan's roar is not, ah, Satan's roar is if you eat the fruit and the day thereof, you will know like God. Yeah. Satan's roar is negative suggestions right. that push you further away from God and more so further away from the people that God has called you to connect uh, with. No. And so he'll say, no, 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 no. He'll say, no, 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 don't, don't, don't connect. You can't trust them. Right. They'll hurt you. They bite. And I'm thinking, well, we all bite. I've bitten someone before. But, but if God is calling me to a relationship with them. Like, you know, so, so, so Satan is looking to devour. And, 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 and so it says this here, looking for someone to devour. Verse 9, stand firm against him. Be rooted. Be strong in your faith. Remember, ooh, here it is. That your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. It is a ploy of the enemy to think that certain people have it all together. If I could just be honest, sometimes I wonder what in the world am I doing up here? I am not qualified. I don't have the education. I feel this. I feel that. I feel this. So if we can just all get on common ground and we can just admit we all need God. We all need grace. We all need love. We all need guidance. And we need each other. And, and, and then go to work with that attitude. Who, who's going to break that tension between you and your supervisor? Is it going to be you? Or is it going to be them? But understanding that, man, we're all we're all going through something yeah. so number 1 god is calling us to find common ground we are no different so let's build number 2 we got to learn to build trust right. like i said i've told this story before but um we lived in a home uh, before judah was conceived and 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 uh we we had a, a rodent problem <laughs> the last few months there and so we we set up traps and cuz uh, cuz one night we heard Nemo's bold or, or Nemo's bold our uh, Yorkie, Nemo's four pounds, he's his bold. So anyway, in the, in the middle of the night and we heard something in it like, I'm like, Nemo is snoring. What in the world is that? And so PK gets up and she puts her phone light on it and it's a rat and, and the rat looks at the light and, he's like, and he runs around the corner and he goes back and, and there was a hole somewhere in our kitchen and so we put rat traps out, and a few days later, uh, it was about 1 a.m. in the morning or so, we were, we were you know, going to bed late, and we heard it snap, pow, we heard a snap, pow. And so I looked over at her, and I'm like, I'm not going to see it, I don't, I don't. he's going to be there all night. She's like, well, I ain't going, well, good night, we're going to bed. And so that morning, she goes to work. We normally use the back door, because that's where the car is. It's the back door, never use the front door, never. She goes through the front door, walks around, and takes the car. And I'm hungry, you know, I want some cereal, some OJ, and, but I've, I've went from the living room, to the bathroom, to the couch, to our room. I will not approach this kitchen. I don't want to see a dad rat. Anyone with me? Are you with rats or you're not with rats? Hopefully you're not with rats. That just sounds funny, you're not with rats. And so I called Chris. Chris lives about 15 minutes away. And I don't care if any of you men in here lose any respect for me. I still love you in Jesus' name. I call another man to come on over and check out the situation. I said, Chris, um, bro, uh, one of the rat traps went off last night. And he said, have you, did you get it? I said, nah, man. He said, pastor. He said, all right, let me get dressed. I'll be over. I didn't tell 930 this. That joker sped to my house and uh, got stopped on the way there and got a a police ticket. (laughs) Came, told me the story, really didn't care about his ticket. Can we get the rat? (laughs) Can we get the rat? He gets the rat. He throws it away. And to this day, I haven't seen that rat. But how many know that that's someone you can build trust with? We can celebrate that. That's someone you can... You can build trust with. Because you, you got these people in your life that they'll go the extra mile for you. Right, yeah. And these are people that you want to you wanna build trust with. Go ahead and put this down. To trust someone is to place your confidence in. So, so how do you build trust? Two ways. Number one, you spend time. Spend time. Fight for time with the right people prioritize and adjust your schedule. Well, I can't do it. I don't have time. You can. Prioritize and adjust your schedule. Spend time with the right people. Number two, how do you build trust? You invest. So come, in, come into the relationship looking to give, not to receive. I love it. The, the, the character of God, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he, what, gave. And if you're going to grow to become more like Jesus, your life should look more like giving than receiving. And if they're a true friend, if they're someone you're truly building trust with, they're going to always return it in different ways. So you got to learn to build trust, develop a connection and form a bond that is mutually beneficial to people. You need healthy relationships if you're married outside of your marriage. Men need men. Women need women to speak into each other. We need mentors. We need people we can, we can build trust with. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says this. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. Thought number three is this. Trust leads to transparency. So we built trust. If you're, if you're taking notes, Transparent means to allow light to pass through. So that what's on the inside can be clearly seen. So that what's on the inside can be clearly, clearly seen. So essentially when, when we grow in trust, and it leads to transparency, what we're saying is, is that I'm gonna let you I'm gonna open up about this thing. I'm going to let you see my heart. I'm, I'm going to let you know about my struggles. Like I, this is what I struggle with right. at 2 a.m. in the morning when no one's watching. I have an anger. I have, un, I have unforgiveness for my mom, my dad, and I struggle with this. It, it's let, letting them see, like, I'm, 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 I'm in a marriage, but I'm, I've been, this is woman at work. This is a man at work, Right? It's going to someone and saying, I'm, I'm about to let you see. You know, it's saying, hey, I got terrible credit. I'm bad with my money. Like, and it's laying it out in front of someone who, who you can trust, who's good with their finances. And they're like, yeah, you're in a tough position, but um, let's do something about that. Someone you can trust with your life. If you're going to grow, you got to go from finding common ground to building trust with people to growing in transparency with people. And so I want to give you a few verses here and a few thoughts. Um, Proverbs 20, verse 6 says, Many will say they are loyal friends. Many will say, but who can find one who is truly reliable? Go ahead and write this down. This will bless your life. Be authentic with all, but transparent with few. Not everyone should be in your inner circle. Be, all, be yourself with all people. Be funny, be quiet, be extrovert, be introvert. But not everyone can handle the real you. Not everyone is built to, to pull out the potential and the, and the pollutants and, and the toxins in your life. Only a few people can do that. Only a few people should know you personally. So Jesus had 120 in the upper room. He had 72, 36, he had 12. And then within all of those people, he had three. And if you go to the book of Matthew, there's this moment where he opened himself up. It's called the Mount of Transfiguration. So Jesus only got really real, 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 real with three people. So because not everyone can handle it. Not everyone wants to hear your dreams. Not everyone wants to know your vision. So you'll go to someone that you, you, you love and you think they care about you. And you're like, man, I, I got this new idea. I got this new vision. And it's like, yeah, 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 tell me, tell me, tell me. They'll say they're your friends. As soon as you tell them, you're like, Right. ha. You like that? And they're like, so uh, what's for dinner? It's like, thanks for uh, killing my, my vibe. My, I thank God laid it on my heart. Then there are people who will say, I don't know if that's from God. I think it might be bad pizza you had or something. Or they'll say, yeah, let's pray into that. Let's research. Let's dig. Let's work it. I'm going to help you. I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to cry with you. I'm going to encourage you. And, and like I said, as a father, I've come to find out that the greatest, one of the greatest gifts I've, I'm giving my boys right now is the gift of being rooted with people who are further than me. Like, like, like going to these guys who are 45 and 55 and up, and they, they've been in ministry for years, and I'm just starting out, and them being where I am. Like, like I said recently, like, we're in a season where just everything in the fridge is just, ours oh, 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 just give it to us, like, five guys and Chick-fil-A, and we're there every single week, and it's like, babe, like, we are like, ugh. Like, what's going on? What's going on? Like, is it stress? What's Is it anxiety? Like, what's going on? Like, ministry is so tough and so hard. But then connecting with with certain people who are older, who've been there, who've done that, who are 12, 20 years in, and and God is is doing great. And it's like, hey, uh, Pastor, like, uh, we're eating everything inside. And we can't sleep. And for them to say, hey, that's normal. That's, That's the price you pay for growth. It's just a season. You'll get through it. You'll get out of it. It's going to grow. You're going to change the world. We, we, as a matter of fact, we've heard this. You are a lot further than I was at the point that you are. Yeah. So when you can connect with certain people who are further, who are more mature and be transparent with them, they know how to handle what it is that you're going through. They know how to help you process. They know how to help you grow. They, they'll tell you, man, maybe you need to stop praying the same prayers, and maybe you need to pray a different prayer. Maybe you need to try something different, try something new. But until you become transparent, you can never receive that true transformation that you're looking for. I want to give you one more verse under this transparency. Um, a friend, Proverbs 17, 17, a friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in time of need. Right. Transparency. I, I trust. So, so when you become a transparent, I trust that you can handle this. I, I can't even tell my wife right now. She don't even think I can tell God, <laughs> even though he hears all, right? But I trust you can handle this. This happened when I was a kid. And, and it's damaged my soul right? That you, I trust that you won't malign me. I trust that you'll hold me accountable. I trust that you're going to encourage me, tell me the truth and love. Can I just tell you something here? I don't want to tell you. I want to ask you a question. Write this down. A- ask yourself this. Who is telling me the truth right now a- about me? I-, I-, I truly don't think you have a friend if all they do is enable your dysfunction. The, the greatest friends will tell you, we, we got to grow up. I don't think you're thinking about that the right way. I don't think you're seeing that the right way. I think we need to slow down. I believe in you, but I don't believe in, in the character that you're currently operating in to get to where you want to go. Let's work on that. Because yeah. yeah. you can, you can want to be somewhere, but your character can undermine the process that God has you in. And, and so you need people in your life that are going to tell you the truth. I, I love it. When David, um, the Bible says that David, man, I got a lot of time. When David, um, <laughs> Chris was telling me earlier today, he said, Pastor, you, you're keeping it lean and it gives you room to do your thing. When David, you should read it as in Samuel, he, he should have been at war. It said it was springtime, the time that kings go to war. But David was chilling on his, on his, on his balcony, and he, he saw a woman a distance away. And he, he asked his servants, who's that woman? She was taking a bath. <laughs> Her name was Bathsheba, which was kind of interesting. And so in the process of time, things happened. David had a, a friend named Gad. Gad was a prophet. So Gad had the heart of God and the word of God on his mouth for David. And so Gad comes. God has dealt with Gad. He said, I need you to to confront the king. God has dealt with Gad. He said, all right, Lord, because he obeyed God. Gad's obedience to God and his love for God was greater than his concern for David's feelings. And so Gad, oh, oh, that's good. And so we, we, he comes into the room and he says, Hey, David, what do you think about the story? His prophet's always spoken like parables and all this. He said there was a poor man that had one goat, one sheep. He said a rich man took that poor man's goat, that poor man's sheep, and blah, 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 and took it from him and all this. And it was just a lot of injustice. And so David's just welling up with anger. Mm. And so Gad said, What do you think the end of that rich man should be? And he said, um, he had to be punished. He had to pay the poor man four times back. And he, I think he said death or something, but he went real hard on the rich man. And so Gad looked him straight in his eye, the Bible says, and he said, you are that rich man. Because he, he, he did what he did with this woman, and he had the woman's husband put on the front line of battle. And, and, and that the, the husband died. And that husband was one of David's best friends. So, I mean, David went deep into his dysfunction, but he still wanted God's blessing on his life. But how many know when you get a true friend in your life, a true friend can call you back to worship and to honesty and to purity and to process. We, we, can't, we can't keep doing this, David. We got to work on how you talk and, 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 and your attitude and, and, and excellence and the time you put in. Those are true friends, and I just think based upon Cigna, We don't have many of those around. So what does God do? He calls us to be rooted in a local church, around people who want to grow. And and so transparency, and so what happens? What's the result? This isn't even on my notes. This is so good. David goes to God and he repents. Bathsheba gets pregnant. They lose that child. They get married, she gets pregnant again, and then King Solomon comes, the wisest man to ever live. God is still faithful, even when we're in our dysfunction, but he's going to use people to to help us out. So, um, transparency, number four, leads to transformation. The reason I need to be transparent is so that I am growing. Come on up. keys and and close me out here. James 5, 13 through 16. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? Here it is. You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. So are any of you sick? You should pray to God. Yeah, pray to God. But James, this is the brother of Jesus. There's something there that he knows that we don't know. He's saying you need to go to people. So God, heal me, touch me. He might do it, but his preferred prescription is to go to people. Watch this. Such prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. So God wants to work through people. If I'm an enemy of God, I want to pull you from the right people. Just let that sit. Take the verse down. Let that sit. If I'm Satan, I want to pull you from your people. Grandma used to say, an idle mind is the devil's playground. I want to pull you from the people. So, Lord, I'm sick. Will you heal me? God's saying I will, but I'm going to do it through people. I'm going to do it through faithful people, people who love me. I'm going to do it through, through people. Let's pull it back up, and it says this here. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. I love this part, verse 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So if I pray to God, he's going to forgive me. But if I confess them to you, I'm going to mature past it. You see that? So I need to grow in transparency because there are some struggles. And I'm going to God. That's easy. God's going to give me peace. He's going to forgive me. But I, nothing will change on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday until I actually go to people. And that's God's prescription. And he says this here. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Last point here. Healing or transformation is a contact sport. It's a contact sport. So I'm always trying to surround myself with those people that are going to speak life into me and speak God's word, remind me of God's promises. Transformation happens in in community. Transformation in your thought life in your finances, in your health, in your relationship with God. This is why light groups are so vital in your walks, small groups. We've always said it, we learn in rows, but we grow in circles. So for a lot of you, that next step is really to, to get in a group. Some of you who, who have been in light groups at Highlight, your next step is we got to get beyond the material and start to connect with one or two people that we can really call on a Wednesday and say, bro, like I'm struggling with this. So that you can receive the transformation. It's steps. So today, yes, the food is out there. Please get food. But make sure you sign up for a light group on the way out. Today's light group, sign ups and next Sunday, get in a group. My fathers, my future fathers, as a shepherd in the faith, I encourage you that the best gift you can give to your parents and your children or future children is to be surrounded by men who will grow you and to make it a priority. I've called so many men over these two and a half years and I always hear, I gotta work. I gotta work. I get off late, I get off late. I wanna encourage you, change your work schedule. Change it. Get a new job. So you sick? Yep, we quit. We moved here. Go ahead and get a new job. Oh, it, can we come on? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You can shift something if you want to grow, shift it. If you want to grow, shift. You got to shift. I want to grow. I ain't uh, uh, shift, change it, change it, change it. Because you want freedom. I want to put it to you like this Psalm 37 says that those who delight themselves in the Lord. He will will give them the desires of their hearts. Everything you want is in God. But watch this, watch this. What did we learn about today? Everything that God is going to give you is through people. Shift it. Change it. Get in a group. Let's grow. Let's move forward. Let's get rooted. Come on, let's celebrate the word of God. Get in a group. All right, let's pray. Father, we love you and we honor you. We thank you so much, God, for your faithfulness. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power. God, I pray that you would give us the boldness and the courage to find common ground, to build trust, to grow in our transparency so that we can continue to grow in you, Jesus. Lord, we honor you and we love you. Now, with every head bowed, I want to extend this opportunity for new life, salvation, forgiveness. Jesus is here today. His arms are wide open. I want every leader in this church to be praying and interceding right now. The Bible says that where there is no faith, God cannot move. And I believe that there's faith in this room. Someone is looking for deliverance, breakthrough, a relationship with God. So church, let's pray. And if that be you, and you're coming to Christ today, and you want him to heal you and to touch your body and to set you free. On the count of three, you just raise your hands. And Jesus is going to meet you right where you are. On the count of three, you just raise your hand. And we'll pray together. One, you three. We're coming to Christ today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Church, let's pray. Say, Father God, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Forgive me for my sin. Set me free. Fill my heart with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Thank you.